the kind of people go two different routes. There's the learners and there's the appliers. Like some people are the opposite, right? They don't even sit down. They don't ever watch a YouTube video on how to succeed at YouTube. They just sit there and pump out YouTube videos and can't figure out why it's not working. And, and the people that master it are the balance, right? They, they go out and they learn a little bit and then they instantly go and apply and create content and do their thing. Then they go out and they learn a little more and maybe take some stuff that they learned while creating the content and they, they kind of, they get in this loop of learning and applying, learning and applying versus kind of the, we just sit there and learn or we just sit there and like pump out content regardless of how it's working or how much we're actually growing. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of Beat Off Beat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this episode, I'm super excited to speak with Spencer, who is a full-time affiliate marketer. He has built multiple six-figure affiliate businesses using blogging, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook. He loves marketing the outdoors and has been getting wildly into cryptocurrency for the past few months. So listen on to find out how Spencer has been able to leave his nine to five in order to live his dream life as an affiliate marketer. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to talk to Spencer today. Hey Spencer, how are you? So good, how are you Debbie? I am super, super excited to talk to you today. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? I absolutely can. Uh, So I'm a full-time affiliate marketer. I've been doing that for four, five, six years now. And I say that because it was kind of two years of like dabbling and then I've gone full-time about four (laughs) years ago. The appeal to affiliate marketing for me has always been the simplicity of the idea. So it's just instead of having to like worry about 12 different things that a entrepreneur typically has to worry about, you have to worry about marketing and, and all the customer service and product creation and all that stuff kind of gets taken out of the picture, which is for me much easier. So that's what appealed to me. I also love the, the lifestyle that an affiliate marketer can, can typically have, which is kind of the laptop lifestyle. Big traveler. I love... Uh, particularly like mountainous places. Uh, we live right next to the Uinta mountain range and uh, head up there as often as we can and uh, only possible with a job like affiliate marketing. That is amazing. And you talked a little bit about dabbling to a certain degree, right? Before you finally found your niche, what is it that you did before? What was it before that you were doing? Did you have a regular nine to five or were you always the type of person that was working remotely? Yeah, I had a regular nine to five up until four years ago, and and honestly, never uh, up until I was like 26, didn't even know, didn't know the, the lifestyle existed. And so I worked at like a PR agency or a digital marketing agency. Um, I have a degree in, in public relations. And essentially, what happened is I, I started. I'm working at this digital marketing agency, and I had a, a coworker that came, and he introduced me to affiliate marketing. He had a blog that he'd been starting. He'd been running it for about two years. And we were just chatting one day and he's like, hey, check out this blog I've got. And he's like, I'm making 5,000 bucks a month off this blog, like pretty passively. And he 
we go and look at it and it's that he does vacuum cleaner reviews. So that's all he's doing is he's like <laughs> reviewing like, yeah, I guess there's a lot of vacuum cleaners out there. I don't even know, but he, he's, you know, he's raking in a full-time income. He's making more than we were both making at this place with this vacuum cleaner review blog. And so that was like the spark in my head. Like, uh, the blog was ugly. Like it was like, you know, if you've been in WordPress at all, it's like <laughs> he just clicked like create new blog and ran with whatever it looked like, you know, like didn't, didn't do that much at all except for put out content. And so that was like the trigger for me. Like if, if that blog is bringing in this much money for that guy, I can do better and I can, you know, I can design something much better than that. And, and that's what brought me into the, the affiliate marketing space. And I hate to say that, that so I created a blog. It's called beginningstocktrader.com. The first, it was a blog on trading stocks and how to do that stuff, uh, did not do better than his vacuum cleaner blog. It looked significantly better, uh, made significantly <laughs> less. And, uh, but that, that kind of got me into this world. And there's a lot of ways to do affiliate marketing. A lot of people think, you know, it's just the blog or uh, just Instagram or something, but there's a million ways to go about it. And, and that's what brought me in the door. That is so funny that you say that, Spencer, where you're like, yeah, it looked really bad, but it was making so much money. And I think for a lot of people, you automatically correlate the amount of money you're going to make with how beautiful that blog or that website is. And I, it always reminds me every time somebody says that about a, a blog that's not pretty, it always makes me think about Craigslist, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. You still look at Craigslist right now. It still looks like it's from 1990s, yeah. like, not, you know, the early 2000s. And they're still making a lot of money and they haven't changed a damn thing. So I'm like, if it's working, hey. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that, that's spot on. It's a billion dollar company, you know, and it's like a one page directory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is so interesting how you think about that. So once you finally started doing it and you were looking into to your own website, you started with the stock trading. What did you learn from that? What made you decide to keep going with it instead of being like, well, this didn't work for me. I'm going to stop. Uh, so the, that blog actually never worked for me. I'll be honest. Like that, that particular <laughs> blog was not my was not my cup of tea. Probably because I wasn't even that great at trading stocks, and I didn't know a ton about it. So it was <laughs> probably a poor choice. Uh, but uh, it, it kind of like led me from piece to piece to piece. And so that blog led me to create an Instagram account, which led me to create a YouTube channel, which is where most of my success comes right now is from different YouTube channels. And so the route was, you know, after after about a year of like I was pretty diligently focused on the blog. I was doing you know content every single day I put out quite a bit and uh, after about a year of that um, I was like okay you know I'm making 20 bucks a month this something's got to change I'm, I'm starting to finally burn out and and so I, I YouTube like where we all do right kind of went to YouTube and Google and like how do I make money fast with affiliate marketing not like the five-year plan you know and uh, and I ended up with a bunch of people telling me Instagram was was a route and those were the days I don't know if you were on Instagram in those days when it was like the follow unfollow was like the hot thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you'd get a little bot and it'd go out and follow. And it, you know, I, I hate it, but that's what I that was just what the YouTube video that I watched taught me to do. So I created a, a stock a, a Instagram account that talked stocks that talked stocks and did the same thing. I'm out there following and unfollowing, and then when they would follow me back, I'd go like send them a message and be like, hey, check out this course or some or an affiliate product that I had, you know. And that uh, led to multiple account bans on Instagram. <laughs> And uh, the one thing it did do is I finally decided to try making a video and then sending that video to my Instagram followers. I said, hey, when they, when they follow me back, I'm going to send them a little video about how to get started in the stock market and I'll have a little link, an affiliate link in my video. So it's kind of like maybe a little more passive of a way to, to approach these people. So I made the YouTube video. 
and put it out there and then went back to you know spamming Instagram like we do and and it failed. So in the end it just didn't work. And I I kinda had like a down period. We had a we had our first child in that period and I just stopped working, stopped trying on it. It's just hard when you have your first kid, you're still trying to figure things out there, you know. And like three months later I log back into to this affiliate account and I come to see like I'm making money daily. Like I'm making like money daily. And I was like, what? I turned off my like spam bot. Like why am I making money right now? And I, I go dig deeper and the YouTube video, this like my first YouTube video, a terrible video, like very like poorly done beyond all reason is getting like a thousand views a day. Like it's at like, even right now it's at like 400,000 views. It's wow. exploded. I don't know why. Like I still look at it. And I'm like, I don't know why YouTube liked that video so much, but it did. And, uh, and that's where people were, were watching this video about stock market and, and watching it and then clicking links down below. And I was making affiliate commissions. And, and that was my first like, okay, the fire's really lit. I'm making money. And that's what got me into YouTube and, and really uh, got me to where, okay, like I can do this and I can see how the money is being made now. And, and YouTube's kind of now where I'm all over. I'm on TikTok and stuff, but YouTube's where my bread and my butter, my, my passion and stuff is. And it's really interesting because there's always something new. There's always a new platform that we always feel like we have to be in on, right? Like it was TikTok, it was Clubhouse before, <laughs> it was Instagram. So there's always something new that pops up. What makes you, because it happens to me, you know, you have that shiny object syndrome. You feel like you have to be everywhere. What really kind of allows you to stay focused when all of that stuff happens everywhere all the time as an entrepreneur? Right over here on my wall, I've got a board and it's got written down five goals that are my goals for this year. And I've promised myself those will never change. And that, that's, that's literally how I focus every single day is looking over that board as I start the day and saying like, are these tasks that I'm planning on, you know, are they applicable to that board right there, those goals being accomplished? And, and the top goal on that, on that board is 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. And so, you know, Clubhouse launches and I look at it and say, is that going to blow up my YouTube channel? Because that's my real goal here. And it's not. And so I don't. So I think there is opportunity there. And like if I was brand new, you know, I might start on TikTok or I might start on Clubhouse because it, there is a lot of opportunity there. But if I've been working the last three months on my YouTube channel, like to go pivot and go to Clubhouse is, is, is crazy to me to like start all over. These, these algorithms and stuff take time to learn, like the to understand what kind of content the audience on those platforms like and the algorithms like on those platforms. And so just to pivot, yeah, it's crazy to me once you've started really mastering a, a specific platform. Yeah, that is such a great tactic to to all of this because I honestly, once I started doing that and I did something similar to you where I had goals for myself, right? And every time something else happens or even a new opportunity or even I, because Spencer, I've talked to literally hundreds of entrepreneurs and you're always going to have like you, you know, even before we started this interview, Spencer was giving me like good advice on something. And I'm sure throughout this whole process of interviewing you, I'm going to get something that's super valuable. I used to have that super like shiny object syndrome. And then I did exactly what you're talking about, which is like, these are my main goals. Are any of this going to help me with that? And if it doesn't, and you just shelve it, right? Not to say that it's never going to happen, but until you achieve that goal, (laughs) don't start clamoring for something new because then you're, like you said, you're just going to go back into circles and never accomplish anything. So such a good advice, Spencer. Oh, thank you. There really is like a million ways to make money online, right? Like any one of these ways work. Clubhouse works, TikTok works, YouTube works. But the people that are actually 
making it work for them are the ones that are just focusing on one because like they all could work there's a there's I wish I could count the number of ways that I've seen like people make creative money online, but they're all focused. Yeah, it's it's just too many, too many. But again, it's about focusing on what really works for you. And it seems like for you, what happened was it was kind of by accident, right? Where you were just trying different things and then you found out that YouTube was the right place, the right platform for you. So now take us to the moment when you finally decided, listen, I got to hunker down. I got to do what I need to do. I got to make sure that I'm more serious about this. What was your first step in order to actually make money more than $20 a month (laughs) from affiliate marketing? (laughs) It was writing it down and writing down my plan and then having like specifics of how that plan was going to work, right? So I was like, okay, like, this is how much I've made off this YouTube video. This is how much, you know, how many YouTube videos I'm probably going to need to make to get to this much money, which for me, the goal has always been, it was $5,000 a month. That was uh, what I was making at my current job. If I could pull, you know, I could pull out at that point, that would be such an awesome feeling. So, and I, I looked at my, my YouTube channel, looked at some other YouTube channels, and essentially it came down to creating a very specific plan with dates and I mastered batching. And so, it was like, hey, Monday, I, you know, I have my job already. So Monday, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to come home, you know, hang out with the family. At nine o'clock, I'm going to do keyword research and I'm going to come up with 30 video ideas. Okay, that's Monday. Tuesday or, or Wednesday, you know, same thing. Get home at nine o'clock. I'm going to go and I'm going to create outlines for all 30 of these videos. Okay, Friday, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to film like crazy. Those days are so exhausting. <laughs> the, the, the filming batching <laughs> days. Holy cow. <laughs> but you get done with those. You're like, okay, you know, I've, I've got all these. And then in the beginning it was me editing and then eventually an editor came aboard, but it was okay. You know, for these three or four days, it's editing days. And then, you know, that, that rhythm starts happening and it's such a cool feeling to be like, okay, I've got, I've got 20 videos scheduled out for the next like 45 days on YouTube, right? I can now hunker down and start maybe working on my conversion system a little more and start working on my next batch of videos. And, and now maybe I could try another platform. I didn't, um, but that was kind of how I worked it is, okay, once I've got 45 videos all scheduled out, then I can start working on how to make the email marketing work and the conversion system and, and learning more and stuff like that. But I think most people get stuck in this learning loop. And, and that was what I didn't want to get stuck in was the, okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go crush YouTube. So then for the next like six months, I listened to like 100 podcasts about YouTube and watched like 50 videos, you know, and I just like learn, 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 learn because learning's easy and it's fun and we like it. For me, it was like, you've got to go apply, put your pedal to the floor and just start going. And you can learn as you go and, and apply what you're learning kind of on the fly. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that a lot of people, like you're saying, and this has happened to me too, where it's kind of like your comfort zone, you know, you don't technically you're not doing anything, but you feel like you are because yeah. you're learning. <laughs> yeah, learning. <laughs> yeah. And then like a year later, you're still in the same spot, but you've learned a lot yeah, though. You, so that's a good thing, so right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Com- it's, it's comfortable. And, and we like that, right? Like we like that feeling. And anyway, I think, I think there's the kind of people go two different routes. There's the learners and there's the appliers. I, like some people are the opposite, right? They don't even sit down. They don't ever watch a YouTube video on how to succeed at YouTube. They just sit there and pump out YouTube videos and can't figure out why it's not working. And, and the people that master it are the balance, right? They, they go out and they learn a little bit and then they instantly go and apply and create content and do their thing. Then they go out and they learn a little more and maybe take some stuff that they learn while creating the content. And they, they kind of, they get in this loop of learning and applying, learning and applying versus kind of the, we just sit there and learn or we just sit there and like pump out content regardless of how it's working or how much we're actually growing. 
Uh, definitely a balance between the two is crucial to all of this because you can only learn so much before you're literally in the same spot. Because if you just kept learning, Spencer, we, we wouldn't be talking right now. You'd still be in your nine to five learning <laughs> and seeing your friend making more money with his Craigslist type uh, website. Yeah. Oh, man, he's probably, I don't know where he is anymore, but he's probably raking it in now. Yeah, 15 year old, 10 year old vacuum cleaner. <laughs> That's awesome, though. And it's also just to go off topic, I just want to say this, that people find the most interesting niches that actually make money, things that you would never even think would be popular and people are searching for. Because like, who knew your friend who is talking about vacuum cleaners would make passive income (laughs) $5,000 a month talking about some boring stuff you wouldn't even really think about. But I guess there's enough interest to it. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like we've got we've got one we're starting right now about love sacks. And the idea just came when I was shopping for a love sack and I was like, there's no like great blogs about love sacks. You know, like I can't find information. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's got to be a lot of people looking for love sacks out there. So yeah, like, like just little mini micro niches, they're all over. Yeah. So let's actually talk about that, right? These niches and what you do to actually find them. How do you make sure that the YouTube channel, the blogs that you're starting about these topics that you're doing are also going to make money? Because it's one thing to have a hobby and just talk about something, anything that you really like. And it's another thing. It's a huge difference with making money from it, right? Yeah. And uh, and I honestly think any niche can make money that has traffic. Like there's a way to make money off of anybody once you know their interests right which if you're doing a blog or youtube it's pretty easy to know their interests they're watching a video about a specific you know, piece of content for me i use the tool ahrefs it's uh you can do the same thing with sem rush uber suggest i think is a free one but all you've got to do is spend about 10 minutes just typing in 20 30 40 keywords in that niche that you can think of and seeing the search volume and if it's got you know, if the main the main keyword, so for example, love sacks has got you know five ten thousand, you're in a golden place. If the main keywords you know sitting less than that, maybe three, two, one thousand, you're probably going to struggle. Uh, but if you're getting the main keyword with five thousand plus, you know there's people out there searching for variations of that keyword that you can be the one to to own. And so that's kind of like the sweet spot is like that main keyword's got five thousand to maybe like twenty thirty thousand. You know the big guys aren't going for it probably. But also, there's still plenty of people looking for it. And, and there's, that means there's money to be made for the little guys. Yeah. And also, this is another thing that I think a lot of people, there's a discussion o- over this, right? Do you do a business or even like niches that you're really interested in, you're super passionate about? Or do you do a niche that you know will make money? Maybe you're not really passionate about it, but maybe you just enjoy the systems or whatever it is that you know, will just allow you to create income. So what are your thoughts about that? Because there's always a discussion between passion and just creating income, right? Yeah. And I lean very far towards passion. I've got friends and stuff, a lot of friends that make a lot of money off like the vacuum cleaner blog and stuff like that. But I also see them kind of fizzle. Like a lot of these guys will fizzle after a year or two. And it, it's so hard that first year or two, right, where you're not making any money and you're having to write vacuum cleaner reviews, right? Like what a terrible place, no money, and you're reviewing vacuum cleaners all day. <laughs> and so like to me, at least even if you're not making money, you're in your passion. And if you stick with it, which is a lot easier with your passion, eventually, I mean, anyone that sticks with it, they get in that learn, apply loop 
will will start making money in my opinion. So so I'm I'm hard hard pick something that you like and can talk about and then even if you don't make money, at least you learned a lot and you're you spent your time doing something you liked. And like you mentioned, it's really tough to stick to something if you're not interested in it, because in the beginning, none of us made money. You know, you don't make money for a while. And that passion that you have is sometimes really the only thing that's driving you to continue. Because like you mentioned, Spencer, unless your friend was like really into vacuum cleaners, because, you know, some people are, Maybe. you never know. <laughs> It's it's going to be really tough. It's going to be very hard to stick to that if there's not at least one thing that you really love about it. So I'm definitely that type of person too. It's like have a combination of both. Just make sure you're doing it in a way where it becomes a business as well if that's what you intend to do with that. So, but yeah, you never know what people's passions are. It could be vacuum cleaners or, you know, Spencer, would you now love sex? <laughs> It, I mean, I I actually do love love sacks. Like with the one we got, oh my gosh, it's amazing. So my new passion. <laughs> love that. So for you, when you first started and you just had a child, you have a family, you were starting to look at other things, especially with affiliate marketing. How did you prepare the journey of really going into that full time? especially when you have this responsibility at home, right? How did you make sure you transitioned in a way where you felt good about it? And I guess it was, you know, quote unquote, like stable for you. Yeah. So I'm very uh, risk averse. I tend to be very risk averse. And so that was a hard, like, when are we going to make this transition? You know, the business is making maybe two, 3,000 a month. Like, do we just pull out? Like, and And we did not pull out. We probably should have pulled out well before we did. And so we had... We had a year's worth of income sitting in the bank, and and we quit once my business hit, uh, matching my income from my current job. So the side hustle was making as much as the current job. We had a year's worth of money in the bank, and for me that the, and the reason I did that is I think I could have quit a lot earlier and and pulled it off, uh, but the uh, the stress levels that you have to go through right when you're just starting that business, you quit, you're not making that amount yet. Like I did not want to go through those those stress levels. Plus, I think you make bad decisions in a business when you're when you're thinking short term, right? Like, hey, I've got to pay my bills in the next two to three weeks. That's not the mindset that's going to help you build a long-term business. You're going to do things like spam or, or you're going to be desperate and not make right decisions. So the reason I did that is I just felt like I wanted to be able to come into this business with just that calm mindset of, okay, you know, we can think long-term vision here because we're covered. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people especially when we're really, I guess, excited or desperate to leave the nine to five, especially if you are not really interested in it. Some people hate it, you know, um, and you just want to leave. But in a lot of ways, your nine to five is kind of a blessing in disguise because it allows you to afford to live <laughs> and you can do your <laughs> your side hustle, you know, and I know like this is something that we all struggle with. I did the same thing, Spencer. I was working my regular nine to five and then I worked on my side hustle and it's a lot of work. So I can't even imagine what it was like for you with having a new baby and like having a family to support. So that must have been crazy because I'm like, it was hard for me and I was like single. Like it was me and my husband at the time, but we didn't have a kid to support. So it was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it came down to passion. I think like 
the fact that I actually enjoyed it, right? I loved researching and I loved doing talking about the con- the content that I was talking about. It, it wouldn't have worked if I was doing vacuum cleaners, right? That 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 <laughs> six, seven, eight month mark would have been would have been too much. Yeah, and that's really what makes the difference is your passion, and you know, like we talked about, sometimes it's the only thing that drives you to to keep going. So, but every time I look at a parent like you, you know, and you had the really the drive. And I think in a way, like you tell me, Spencer, it's like you as a father, especially as a new father, did it give you more of a push to do something that you were passionate about having a new life into the world? And like, you know, even though you had your responsibility, you're like, when I have my kid and he or she are growing up, like I want them to have a dad that has this thing that they're doing that they're really passionate about. Yeah. In fact, I was on a podcast like six months ago and, and they talked about motivation. They're like, how did, how do you get motivation? Like how does somebody that doesn't have it, get it? And I said, have a kid <laughs> because, <laughs> because yeah, your motivation levels just explode, right? When you're seeing that baby and you're like, whoa, like 18 years, like that's on me, like <laughs> everything. And then you start to realize too, like um, how much kids cost, how much life costs a little more than you were prepared for maybe coming <laughs> out of college. You know, you're like, wow, like uh, health insurance and expenses, <laughs> like this is terrible. And so it was absolutely that. <laughs> And then, and then it combines the idea of, of freedom. So like, not only do I feel that, that sense of responsibility, but you're going to work every day and you're like, ah, oh, I want to stay home or I want to do this today with this you know, three-month-old baby. And so the combination of those two just lights a fire. And that's such an amazing place to be in because now after all that hard work, and I'm sure it wasn't easy for you and your wife to really be able to juggle all of this stuff because it's crazy. And now you're living it so... It's like looking back, you know, thank goodness you did that, right? Or else you'd still be in the nine to five instead of being able to stay at home, travel when you want, be with your family. Yeah. It's a really good lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it kind of just grows on itself, right? Like it started as a side hustle, just like, wow, I probably need to make a couple, like a thousand dollars a month extra, right? And then like, oh, we're up to like 2,500. Like this could be like a full-time thing, you know, and then it becomes a full-time thing. And then it's like, we could grow even beyond this. And so for me, it's kind of just been build upon as you, you know, you set a goal ahead of yourself and when you hit it, you build upon it. And, uh, and for me, it's never been like, I want to be like a multi multimillionaire and, and rule the world and stuff like that. But, but it's kind of like, it just slowly builds up as you, as you accomplish each of those, those micro goals on your way. Absolutely. And for you, so obviously this is different for everybody, but for you, uh, Spencer, how long did it actually take you from the moment you started dabbling into affiliate marketing to actually replacing your full-time job's income? So I would say I started doing side hustles a little before affiliate marketing. That was probably six months to a year. Affiliate marketing was about a year and a half. And then I was able to quit after about a year and a half of trying that which I think is a shorter timeline <laughs> than most people. Yeah. Like, I think I had some, <laughs> some things worked out. I, I had my, you know, I had moments that were lucky. A lot of that luck came simply because I was putting myself out there so often, right? Like that YouTube video and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the timeline. Yeah, that's incredible. And I'm sure it was a lot of work for, for you to get there. And obviously, it was a lot of learning along the way and even now, right? And I think people look at somebody like you, Spencer, and they're like, well, he has everything figured out. But like most entrepreneurs every day, there's always a challenge that you have to go through. <laughs> and even you're talking about like your board of goals, like you constantly have something new that you're trying to work for. So it's it's a constant like work within yourself and your business as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I remember like when I, 
it's been recently when I started to grow a team, right? And that's, I'm like, holy cow, like you're so bad at this. <laughs> you're, not, you're such a bad CEO <laughs> and like leader here. And so it's been, yeah, like a humbling moment, right? Of like God, starting all over, like trying to figure out you were good at this, but you're not very good at like leading these other people toward, towards it. And so, um, yeah, that, that's been, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like you said, just whew, like overwhelmed and like trying to, trying to get these people aboard a vision and, and find the right people and, and teach, train these, these employees. Yeah. And I always say that entrepreneurs were kind of like masochists. We like, <laughs> we like, like trying new things, failing. And then, you know, one day we could be at the highest of highs and then the next day, the lowest of lows. Yeah. So it's always yeah. different. It's so crazy. You wake up the next day and your website's like down, you know, and you're like, yeah, I don't even know who's supposed to fix this. Like, guess me. And you're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, this is all me now. So, yeah. <laughs> so Spencer, let's fast forward to around 40 to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, so affiliate marketing, like we've kind of slowly honed in. I built a brand called Buildapreneur and it, it's, it's tried to change, trying to change the industry of affiliate marketing. Like when I first got in, like I said, I told you, I, I watched a YouTube video and it got me kind of spamming. And that's like 95% of the industry, right? Is like that version of affiliate marketing. And so I would love to be able to change that, that direction to where everybody that gets new into affiliate marketing, they don't run into stuff that teaches them how to spam, right? They run into my stuff and they learn how to, how to do it right. To not only create more value online and be paid for the value you create, also make more money doing that. And I, so I guess I, I want to change the direction of the affiliate marketing industry to where people learn how to create long-term businesses, creating real value and real relationships with people uh, versus kind of the current status quo. Yeah. And I love that because I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of affiliate marketing as something that you can do long-term and something that you can do remotely and making it more sustainable like you have been able to do it, Spencer. So love that legacy that you're building even as we speak right now. So <laughs> before we say goodbye, Spencer, I have five rapid questions for you to answer. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So what has been the best money you've ever spent while you were abroad and why? While I was abroad, um, Iceland. And it was... <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other place I went abroad. It was Iceland and it was renting a car because it just gave me this freedom to explore the coolest place on earth and do whatever I wanted. And it was awesome. So yeah. random. I I could I could attest to that. Iceland is kind of an otherworldly type of place, right? It doesn't feel real. Yeah, like, we almost did a tour and I would have been so bummed if someone just dragged me around, you know. <laughs> Yeah, my my husband and I actually went there a few years ago and we did a five day hike. So it was crazy. It was like pinch yourself moment sometimes That's when you're in awesome. Iceland because you're like, so you're like, is this for real? Yeah. I don't know. Am I dreaming? <laughs> it's so cool and so empty. It's just a cool place. Yeah, it is. All right. Now describe what your ideal day looks like. So I'm, I try to be very scheduled. Uh, if I don't have a schedule, like if I don't, schedule out my day, my entire day is a flop. And so uh, I wake up, I'm a big pickleball player. That's my exercise. I hate working out, but I love pickleball. So wake up, play pickleball. Wait, what, 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 what is pickleball? Pickle like a pickle? Is that a pickle? <laughs> is it a pickle that you turn into a ball? <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> I don't know why it's called pickleball, but it's like, a, it's actually the fastest growing sport in America right now. It's like a mix of tennis and ping pong. 
go 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 watch a video of it after this. You'll see it's um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, really fast growing sport, and it's played on kind of like a small tennis court. Uh, but uh, I've gotten way into it in the last two or three years, and and so I love it way more than I love like t- traditional exercise like running or working out. So I do that. Come home, do kids and stuff for about half an hour to an hour. Shower, and then I try to work. It's weird. I, you know, I work so hard to leave my nine to five, but I like to work from nine to five. <laughs> like that's still <laughs> when I like to do my work. So I'll work from nine to five. And then, uh, in a traditional day, it'll be kids till about eight and, and normal life after that, like me and my wife after that, I'll watch 24 or something. <laughs> Love it. And that's the beauty about having to create your own schedule, right? It doesn't have to be um, you know, you're not in anybody else's schedule. You just create your own. So if you like working nine to five, that's on you. Like, that's what you like to do. You know, yeah. if you like to play pickleball like Spencer, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's like an ideal day, right? So that's like my traditional schedule. But like my wife just had to leave town for two or three days and we were able to switch the schedule, right? And there, I, now I watch the kids for three days and then she's gone and able to, she's at a lake and stuff. She was having a great time for three days. So, so the beauty of it is the, the way you can just instantly switch it when you need to and not go ask somebody if that's okay. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the best things. So where do you think is the best location to live as a remote worker? As a remote worker? If I was a single remote worker, I'd be living in Thailand uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap, great internet. Like Everyone I know that's done it loves it. I've been there and loved it. Uh, not as a remote worker, but Uh, Just everything about it, Thailand or the Philippines, one of those two would be absolutely where I ended up. Love it. Yeah, Southeast Asia is the best, and I will second the Philippines because I'm Filipino, so I'm very biased to that. (laughs) 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 All right, so if you could have one superpower, Spencer, what would it be? One superpower, uh, it would be to breathe underwater. I have ear issues, so I can't scuba. And I love oceans and like snorkeling and stuff, but I've never been able to scuba because I can't adjust. And so I would love to be able to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. I've I've asked this to like, I don't even know how many people I've interviewed. I've, n- I've never had that answer before. It's so. a pretty weak superpower <laughs> if that's what you're going for. But for me, it'd be awesome. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, I could be like a merman. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> that would work, too. Whatever it takes to get under there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Be like, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So last question. What's the one thing you wish you did sooner? Uh, I wish I would have learned about alternatives to, the nine, to a nine-to-five job sooner. I would say, like, so I learned, I was probably 25 before before I even realized that like an alternative existed in my head, it was like, you know, you go to high school after high school, you go to college or you go live in a garbage can, right? Like those are like, that's it. (laughs) Those are your two choices in life. And so I wish I would have kind of learned that there was a lot of ways that people are doing different things long before that. So I could have been kind of steering in that direction, but, but that's a hindsight thing. And and I'm sure the opportunity, I'm sure like conversations and opportunities came my way that were ignored by me uh, uh, during those times. Yeah, when it's not really in your radar, you kind of tune it out and you're just like, yeah, whatever. These people are crazy. So, but yeah, it's yeah, good that you found cool. out about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's cool for you. You know, and, and now it kills me when people say, it, like, oh, that's great for you. And I'm like, you just told me how much you hated your job. And I told you this. And you said, great. And left. <laughs> Why? <laughs> 
you're like you'll figure it out yeah. probably a like a decade from now yeah. and then you're gonna remember this conversation yeah. we had. they won't but i will i know and then you're gonna be like by then i'll be retired yeah exactly <laughs> i'll have some time to help you then because i got nothing yeah exactly so thank you so much spencer for being here with us today if our listeners want to know more about you where can they find you uh, if they type in the word buildapreneur, they'll end up either on my YouTube channel or my website, buildapreneur.com. And both of those are great places to just start learning about affiliate marketing for free. Thank you so much, Spencer. We really appreciate you. And we can't wait to dig into your website to learn more. And hopefully we'll talk to you soon again. <laughs> you as well. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Spencer. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where he shares how to automate affiliate marketing using YouTube. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing, to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.